Hello and welcome to the next stop. I'm Helen Lee. And I'm Vincent Buhaka. Hey, Rocket Riders. It's been a while. We went on a bit of an extended break through the summer. That lasted through the fall. And here we are in December of 2022. How have you been, Vincent? Well, Helen, uh, I've honestly been great. I'm looking forward to, well, looking forward to restarting the podcast with you. Yeah, we figured we'd do like a casual welcome back episode that's just more raw and you'll notice that there's no music what uh, we, we just literally just want to check in with you listeners and just give you a sense of what we've been thinking about with regards to transit and what we have in the works in terms of upcoming episodes we kick things off Vince and I have definitely recently been talking about the issue of transit safety with regards to a series of unfortunately, violent incidents that have happened at TBC subway stations through this year. The most recent one happening as of the day of this recording, literally a few days ago. It's definitely distressing to hear, but it certainly hasn't stopped me from taking the TC. In my case, it's my only way of getting around other than walking. And I take a very kind of broad view. Incidents happen all the time in cities. What do you think, Vincent? So I was actually caught in the subway shutdown because of the high park incident. And I don't actually go to the office for my day job very often, but I was at the office that day and wasn't checking TTC helps, hadn't checked the news all day. It was a busy day at work. So I just was heading home like normal only to, only to find out that the subway was down between, I guess it was Jane and Beal because of the security incident again. You hear about security incidents, I figured, okay, maybe it'll be back up and running in a little while. Nope, it was on the shuttle buses. And then I checked social media and found out what had actually happened. So obviously we're not, we're not going to rehash the actual incident, but I think I'm kind of with you, Helen. We know, I mean, anyone who has been out in Toronto and been on the TTC this past year has noticed that there is definitely an increase in folks who are in distress, there's a general feeling that things are a bit, I don't want to say wrong, but I think wrong is the right word. Things aren't, things aren't right. Things aren't okay. They are not okay. And we've noticed it. People are very stressed. People are stressed. I think it's important to point out some sort of important things that are going on with this, with this issue. Helen, you and me both ride TTC all the time. So yet we've seen the incidents increase. Sometimes there's times maybe we felt unsafe, but overall, I can't say I do feel unsafe. Overall, considering my ride transit mostly every day, I'd also point out, and I think you agree with me, that transit, it's part of the fabric of Toronto, part of the fabric of any city. And if you have a problem where there's a housing crisis, there's a mental health crisis, there have been uh, lockdowns that kind of exacerbated that mental health crisis, people's wages aren't going up, all of those issues well, transit's going to feel it because it's part of the society as a whole. So I don't think that transit is uniquely dangerous. Unfortunately, again, the world around us has maybe got a little bit more dangerous this past year. I'm still riding the TTC. I'll always be, always be riding the TTC. To me, it's still the safest way of getting around because I've tried biking in this city. And while it can be nice, I mean, you're just exposed <laughs> to the cars half the time. Yeah, I mean, in transit, transit is our mode of transportation. I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, and you and I were talking about how driving is one of the most dangerous activities that people do on a daily basis. And collisions happen every day, some of them fatal, if not seriously injurious. 
And yet people are not told, oh, don't drive. I'm with you on that one. I think you run a risk of saying something like this because when you're comparing incidents, and I just want to say, like, if someone gets seriously injured in any kind of incident, it's horrible. It doesn't matter what sort of mode of transportation you're using. But I want to just bring up the fact that on the very same day of the High Park incident, there was a major collision with Pickering on the 401 with one vehicle on fire and four people sent to the hospital with serious injuries. But the narrative that we get from perhaps people we know in our life is never, well, you shouldn't drive on the 401 then because you're gonna, your vehicle's going to catch on fire. The narrative is don't take the TTC because you're going to get murdered. And I'm sure some of this comes from a good place because obviously people worry about you. But also driving so normalized in North America. And so I think the risks of driving are just the background noise of how we set up our system. I would also point out that there's another collision today on the 401 with someone driving the wrong direction at Bayview. Two people are dead and their names won't be splashed all over the news. Maybe they will be. I don't necessarily have CP24 on all the time. But the narrative won't be don't take the highway, right? And that sits wrong with me. Not because we shouldn't care about transit safety, because we should, but it sits wrong with me because actually what people are going to do is potentially some folks will flee transit and actually have more risk to their life because they've done that. And that is, it's not right. Yeah, flee transit and then go to where though? Because I can imagine how people, through the pandemic especially, fleeing transit to get into cars, thinking that it's safer? Yeah. From a, let's say, COVID perspective, though these days it's vaccines and us living our regular lives more or less it's less of a concern but it just seems like a very flawed way of looking at things yes i'd be interested to find out and i don't know how we would ever do this i'd be interested to find out what the media narrative is like in places where lots of people do in fact take transit are are folks in singapore saying don't take the subway or whatever they call it we'll call it the subway uh because of something that may happen that's a bad example they're probably a pretty safe country But I like to see the media narrative there because here, or not just the media narrative, the narrative of general society, here it's very much like driving is normal. This is what you do. Uh, We had it over a decade ago with that, uh, there was a murder on a Greyhound bus, 2007, 2008. And for years afterwards, people saying, I would never take the bus. I'm going to get murdered. Meanwhile, you've probably passed several collisions going from point A to point B on whatever highway you're on. And that's just normal to you. So it's, it's a strange or maybe not so strange thing from living in North America and the dominant narrative is going to be, well, it fortunately is what it is. And hey, we're trying to change that through the podcast, aren't we? I think so. And personally, as somebody who doesn't drive, I honestly feel safer on a bus, streetcar, subway compared to being in a vehicle, especially on the highway. And there's definitely a sense of like, you know, the few times that I'm being driven by like a friend and we go on the highway, there's always a little bit like of nervousness in the back of my mind. Right. I mean, I definitely trust my friends to be good drivers, but I don't trust the other drivers. For sure. This is the thing. And I was talking to a friend about this yesterday. You do realize in other countries, it's actually harder to get a driver's license. So you remember the French yellow vest protests and how French drivers have to carry a vest in their vehicle because it's considered to be a piece of machinery that you're operating and you need to be visible if you're outside. Uh, I know in Sweden, I believe it is, you have to demonstrate how to change a tire and all these actual technical things about car ownership, which is good. People should know these things. But here, trust me, you and me have both done our driving tests. It's weirdly easy. Take a left, take another left, park. Congratulations, you can drive on your own now. 
and it's almost too easy. I remember when I got my G2, I actually finished off parking kind of wrong, and the guy was just like, yeah, hey, you're good to go. I think I'm better at parking now, but <laughs> you shouldn't have issued me this license. So it is kind of worrisome. And there's no retesting. Once you get your G, you're just good to go for the rest of your life. We think the narrative is wrong. Let's just put it that way. But it also goes to show how much our society needs public investment in anything from, from supportive housing. Both of us will want to see a lot more mar non-market housing, mental health, particularly like mobile mental health response. They've got things like safe injection site and whatnot. Like we, we need more of these things, and we don't have it. And our society is going to keep fraying at the edges until we do fix it. And you can flood the TPC with cops all you want, and maybe it makes some people feel safer, but it's not going to solve the, the deeper issues. You're going to, you can't arrest your way out of a social crisis, right? Yeah, and I was going to mention how the usual response is like, oh, we'll increase police presence, we'll increase presence of like the TDC special constables, where it's just like, that's not actually going to do anything. At least it won't really do much. If we did it as part of a larger plan of investing in all these social supports and the police are the absolute last resort when someone is like truly violent, well, that's fine, but we're not doing that right? Police are in fact not trained to deal with these sort of situations. And maybe there are cases where they are needed, but a lot of cases probably could have been intercepted before they got to that point if we had a strong society. We're not in charge. Someone wants to help us become joint premier of Ontario. Welcome your money and your support. I don't know if I'd actually want that job. Actually, no, it seems awful. Never mind. We only with the power <laughs> behind the throne through our podcast and other things that we do, of course. On to more fun topics. What are you looking forward to when it comes to transit projects in 2023? There's got to be something. Honestly, I haven't been keeping tabs on the major infrastructure projects other than just like, oh, things are being built. Okay, great. But I am happy to see potentially more bus lanes in the more suburban neighborhoods in Toronto. Yeah, Jane Bus Lane supposed to have its round of public consultation in 2023 early 2023 from what i hear and potentially that means that it could be rolled out the same year because the existing bus lane they have in scarborough eglinton kingston road and morningside that was done in what months i don't quite remember exactly it was done pretty quickly yeah i was it's definitely one of those um pandemic infrastructure projects that was expedited because we were in a pandemic and this was I, one of these things were identified as like an immediate need to help with people's mobility and getting around. I, I think that especially Jane Street, if anyone is listening has ridden the Jane bus, there's a local version and an express version, either one of them, they are packed at just all hours of the day. I was doing some campaigning through my other advocacy work out in that area around Jane and Lawrence during the election. And Obviously, we were canvassing uh, bus riders. We we're also using the bus to get there. And it was cheek by a jowl on a Saturday afternoon. It was cheek by a jowl, obviously, in rush hour. And sometimes we were heading home at 9 p.m. It was still fairly busy on those buses. And they come frequently. But the bus lane would make a big difference when it comes to being able to get ahead of right-turning cars. So being able to pick up their passengers and just keep going. Uh, and then there's a lot of traffic there throughout the day, a lot of vehicles especially coming off of the 401 so the bustling make a big difference to those riders and there's a ton of low-income folks who either live on the corridor or maybe use the corridor to travel 
And uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to Jane bus lanes and other bus lanes. Put the bus lanes everywhere, honestly. Transit first, like transit priority lane. Transit first. And the nice thing about the suburbs, in a way, and I think we've talked, maybe talked about this in some other episodes, maybe just between you and me, but the arterial roads being so big means you can actually do a lot with them when it comes to redesigning the space. You don't have street parking. Speeds are fast. You can actually actually turn them into pretty nice transit streets with a little bit of effort. And obviously these bus lanes are pretty minimal. They haven't changed the stop. They're just a paint on the road. But again, a little bit of effort. It could become, the suburbs could become transit first pretty easily, actually. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that I want to see. Like, you know, better access to transit for everyone in the city. Well, it's where the transit need is. And it's just, you and me both living downtown and being able to take transit for a lot of things and to walk has been so liberating. I mean, for me, probably the same for you. Definitely feel the most free I've ever been. So I want this freedom for others. And that means just good transit everywhere. I mean, speaking of the suburbs, and I tend to ride the go for various reasons. I go to Markham. My girlfriend is there. Uh, my family is in Scarborough. And Go RER is still advancing. The long-term plan for Go is to have 15-minute service on a number of the lines. And what does RER stand for again? Regional Express Rail. There we go. Sorry about that. I love acronyms. Not everybody loves acronyms, so we gotta... Technically, it's not an acronym because it's not a word. Yes, it's true. It's just a short... Rrr. Yeah, it's the rrr. Yeah. Um, it's an acronym if it's a word as well. That's true. That's true. So the Go RER is a great plan, I think. I think it's honestly, if they could do it and it starts coming online, it's going to make a big difference because the, the GTA is so huge at this point. And having those trains come with almost a rapid transit frequency... You can understand how amazing that's going to be. Uh, right now, the Stouffville line, which I'm pretty familiar with, is only hourly service, and that's not very good, considering there's a couple hundred thousand people in Scarborough and a couple hundred thousand people in Markham. That's pretty sad. So once that becomes 15-minute service, and I can see it when I ride it, they're building the second track. So currently, it's a single track. They're adding a second track, so trains can go both ways, and you can increase the frequency a lot. Pretty exciting. It's, it's going to unlock a lot of the GTA for people. They just have to solve the fare problem. You should be able to transfer to TTC for free from the go. Agreed. I take the go when I visit my friends in Oshawa. I've taken it down to Hamilton because I like visiting Hamilton. It's a good town. But definitely having increased frequency on the other routes means that I am more likely to go exploring these other smaller cities around Toronto. The next stop, like Brampton. Sure, I like about like looking at the schedule. It's like every hour. Are you kidding me? Or like only rush hour in one direction? Are you kidding me? So that should be a major improvement. I think so. And I mean, I guess the point here is it's not going to be all finished in 2023. But I know Stouffville at least will be getting some extra service this year because the, the double tracking will mostly complete. So that'll be nice. And when those slowly get rolled out. Yeah, you just have so much more access to the GTA, and or both ways, right, for Toronto people and for folks uh, in the 905. And a shout out to Sean Marshall. I was reading an article of his um, about being stuck in a go bus on the way from Hamilton to the bus terminal downtown. And he was called it something like Scarborough, not Scarborough, Toronto's Carmageddon. <laughs> just like, good name. And really it is, right? 
And I mean, I was downtown last night after the Leafs game. There's just massive, there's traffic everywhere. If you have trains, you can, you can just avoid that. You can wave out your window up to all these suckers and their Ubers. And <laughs> it's just amazing. But then the trains are running frequently enough for people. We're not late enough into the night or not often enough. So I think, yeah, it'd be a big change. Really unlocks a GTA for folks. And like the overall result is just increasing mobility for everyone. Well, yeah. Right? And like it would make things easier for drivers because there would be fewer cars on the road. I always thought about this, right? If, you're like, if you have to drive commercially, deliveries, trucks, or I don't know, first, first responders, this sort of thing, like you must hate all the idiots who don't know how to drive who are in your way cutting you off. They should just be on the darn train. And now they can be. Problem solved. Yeah, problem solved. Transit's a solution to everything. Pretty much. So we come to the Eglinton Crosstown, which is, oh God. by day of this recording, still not open. Oh, use P3s, they said. P3s would be great, they said. We're learning how P3 arrangements for transit infrastructure projects are not that great. Yeah. So obviously Ottawa built a LRT with P3s. It was over budget. It was delayed. And when they finished building it, the trains would break. I don't remember what the exact problem was, but there was a derailment. So that's not good. You never want a derailment. You never want a derailment. And Helen, am I wrong when I say that I think the latest news is that Metrolinx has no plan for a completion date? You are not wrong. That's what I read as well. I sort of peripherally in my life, know someone who works on the project. A friend of mine, his brother is a carpenter and has been involved in one of the subcontractors there. And he's telling me the stations don't look anywhere near done because he's in them every day working on the stations. And he's, yeah, they're not. This is the underground stations, that is. Uh, you might see if you're in Scarborough, the surface stations, they are done or they're substantially done. And the tracks are enough that they can run test trains on the full line. So there's been some progress, but the underground stations are substantially behind schedule. So I think we put this in here under 2023, hoping it'll get done in 2023. I think that is, there's no plan, but apparently Metrolinx, that's sort of the, the hidden date, late 2023, but we're going to have to wait a little while longer to ride that train. 2023 with a huge question mark next to it. The sad thing is that the other... LRT is being built, the Finch West, which is currently under construction, and the Huron Ontario uh, one in Mississauga. Both of them, they're supposed to be complete in 2024. Apparently, Finch West is well advanced, and much of that time, much of the time next year is actually more for testing than construction. And I can see the Huron Ontario LRT getting built if I go to the office in Mississauga, and it's they've uh, took apart the middle of the road for the tracks and you can see some of the poles for the electric wire. So it's, it's advanced. I would laugh if both of those were finished before the crosstown, which technically started in 2011. Am I wrong about that? It started over a decade ago. Oh, it's still not open. So still not open. Stay tuned because we'll definitely be keeping tabs on the eventual opening of the Eglinton crosstown LRT. But once it does open, it'll be great, hopefully. Helen, I want to ride it for an episode. Definitely. We'll definitely do an episode riding the Eglinton Crosstown. So stay tuned for that. We may have gray hair and have walkers by that point. It will not be that bad. At some point, 
we will have the Eglinton Crosstown now that you're up and running. We just can't tell you when. And Metrolinks can't even say when. So here we are. These humble podcasters won't have the answer if they don't. We do have the answer, though, for upcoming episodes that we've been working on. We will have a feature episode on the SRT Scarborough Rapid Transit, the Humble Line 3, and it will be closing down soon. And so we figured we would do kind of like a feature on the whole line. We visited all the stations and did our commentary on each. So that episode is coming up. We also decided to mix things up a bit and take on kind of a how to actually use the TDC, how to actually use transit in Toronto. And one of the things we thought of was taking transit to go watch the sports. So we have another episode coming up. We're calling the series Getting to the Game. And the first one in the series will be the Scotiabank Arena because it is hockey season and also basketball season. At the same time. And it was a fun episode to research. It really was. And we'll have more of these as the different seasons start. Our podcast seems to like baseball a lot, so stay tuned for some of that in March. Getting to the game, that one's coming out soon as well. Helen Weaver is there, so had a good time. Oh, I had a great time. Listeners can look forward to our, you know, our usual banter. And our um, critiquing of the wayfinding. Believe me, there will be critiquing of the wayfinding. We critique it pretty hard. Wayfinding's important. I'm trying to think back to times when I've been places where they don't speak English and how useful wayfinding has been. And then flipping it around saying someone comes here and doesn't speak English. Well, we just give them English words telling them how to go places. So we have some critiques. There's more to come on that one. Yeah, just in general, Helen, I'm really, I'm really happy we're back at it. I hope all you listeners are too. All right. So from the next stop, I'm Helen Lee. And I'm Vincent Kuhaka. Until next time.